0: Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people that make the kingdoms what it is. Today, we're talking to the pickle legend, No Idea. No Idea runs the dealership where you can go to get any of your pickle needs. And, as we may soon find out, many other things. I hope you enjoy this interview, and more importantly, I hope you learned something. Thank you for joining us today. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you?
1: Sure. My name is No Idea. That's how we pronounce it. Uh, if anyone had any uh, curiosity about that, but um, I am a designer, first and foremost. Uh, it's something I've been really passionate about my whole life. Um, I've been in the crypto space for a little while now. I started out buying Bitcoin when it was you know, prematurely utilized as a as a currency. So that, that was a, a fortunate event for me. And that's kind of what really started my dive down into this web three space and all the things that have come since that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm a designer. I've got a fiance and a dog, uh, do a lot of you know fun, fun, uh, fun design work. But, uh,
0: so what made you want to be a designer? Was it something you always knew you wanted to do or did it come to you later in life?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I actually started out really in the science fields. So I'm uh, started out kind of doing a lot of like chemistry and stuff. But something that I've always been passionate about and, like, started out pretty early in my life was how the way learning how the way things work. Um, just like really interested in you know, how life works, how things work. That's quickly bridged over into a love of art and technology and kind of the intersectionality between those things. And what, what that's really led me to is this like crazy world of NFTs, right? And learning how to understand different web three technologies and what's been happening. So that, that, that's a, that's always been kind of a passion of mine is all the just like weird fringe kind of trends that happen around art and, you know, uh, tech and just like gaming all kinds of stuff. It's like really the outer rims of where I've lived most of my life. Um, but yeah, I started out as an industrial designer, uh, studying those kind of things. And I quickly moved into uh, wanting to understand more about people. And started learning about uh, like cognitive behavioral psychology, and graduated with a what people call like an HCI degree now, human computer interaction. And I've I've been uh, professionally working as an experienced designer or some form of a designer for the last ten years.
0: Wow, that's very very cool. So for you, it it sounds like design kind of hits that interdisciplinary intersectional box of still some of the technical problem solving but also the cultural aspect and the human aspect. Is that accurate?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think people first, but the engineering is always something that I care a lot about. I think that's actually one of the things that really attracted me to this project for all we all know, love called thingdoms was, I mean, it was the art first for me. I, I just saw a lot of uniqueness to the work that was happening in the project and, How I responded to it after seeing it was something that really kept me going, but learning more about it and just knowing that everything's really in-house and the work that they've applied to just really crafting well-engineered and designed thoughtful intentful things is something that's like kept me with it. um, Because those are things I care a lot about in my day-to-day life and the way I approach projects or things that I try to do
0: yeah that makes sense. It seems like the team has a very similar perspective on the technology and and brand that you do. So it seems like there's a really good alignment there. Let's jump all the way back to the actual beginning of your crypto experience. You said you got into Bitcoin relatively early. How'd you find out about it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, without revealing too much, uh, if anyone remembers uh, the early uh, some of the early utilities of Bitcoin were to maybe buy things that were kind of hard to purchase um in brick and mortar stores or even on you know web 2 storefronts and uh that that led my early interest um which uh yeah and and that 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 may be uh that may be why i i kind of uh discovered it a little earlier than some i've also lost lost a decent amount of it uh due to that early discovery and not really knowing what to you know what what it was for what to do with it which is Which has always been something I think about occasionally, but you know.
0: So from a user perspective, we could say that you were a very early adopter that saw the value in the technology because of an experience you had with it.
1: Yeah. And really just like, I mean, the fringe utilities it was serving at the time, I didn't see why those couldn't be extended into everyday or normal use of things that people find valuable that aren't, you know, they don't carry an inherent monetary value all the time a good example i mean we're living it right now is like collect collectors uh items right and things that you know serve a purpose to to some or to certain communities and they uphold that value and once you know people start trading and marketing uh, with that kind of stuff that value becomes publicly you know utilized so it's kind of the same thing it's just like the way i looked at it i didn't see why you could it wouldn't extend itself at some point in time
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you're you're in Bitcoin, you're kind of around for the evolution of this technology and then NFTs start to become mainstream. Were you immediately drawn to them because of that interdisciplinary kind of value prop that it has um, or did it take a while for you to, to resonate with them as an idea?
1: Nah, man, I was, I was here with the art like early just because my, uh, like, I'll give you know, that I, I was also pretty early with ETH on uh, my initial investment into it because one of my, I have a lot of developer friends obviously because I work in, you know, that kind of, like that's the community I really work in. Like I'm, I'm really a liaison bridge between development communities and design communities. That's kind of always where I'm at. So I, I get a lot of both, which is great. Um, this happened to be fortunate information that my uh, friend gave me quite early uh, when it was pretty affordable and I, I've always, but, but again, it was like the utility, right? Like I've always bought things and traded them, but I don't necessarily use them all the time. So right when NFTs kind of rolled around, there was just this like amplification of why I wanted to have ether or like what it originally was doing for me. And like it not being just a, you know, something I may be buying and selling for fiat, but something I I can actually use. Right. In this like weird universe that, is happening right for me. I mean, I wasn't, a, I was around as a dating myself, you know, I, was, I wasn't around for the dot com boom, but I was alive during it, right. And so I remember, you know, my parents and stuff really, my my dad's also in tech. So I remember the I just I, re- I remember the birth of that and the inception of and all the things that it kind of provided. And I just see that really happening again. So it, it, it got me excited. And I love art. So NFTs became a pretty natural bridge to that.
0: That makes sense. So you discover NFTs, you start getting involved in them. And then one day, Thingdoms comes across your board. You said you were drawn to it because of the art. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Thingdoms? Were you on the whitelist? Did you end up pre-Mint? Like, how how did you get involved with this project?
1: Yeah, for sure. I Actually, I've told some of the story because it's it warms my heart every time I say it still. Uh, like, my fiance and I just talked about this actually earlier today. Um, but uh it's i first i, I saw the art right and I, I i just really kind of fell in love with the feeling i got from it and and i really do mean its uniqueness in that like i can get ultra specific about it but there's a currently a clear like kind of like adoption of certain aesthetic styles uh, <clears throat> good doodles uh that uh a lot of project are you know trying to emulate or adopt and i just i loved when this happened how it became a part of every other project around it to me just felt like a sea of similarity and aesthetics. And this just really stood out in a weird way to me. And I, I kind of was on board from that initially, but didn't really know much about it. I knew that it was hyped and impossible to get into the discord server. And this was where I really got turned on to the project was I actually just messaged like at thingdoms and I just kind of kindly asked if they'd let me into the server. I didn't like, didn't ask for a whitelist or anything. I just wanted to see what, 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 what it was about. Cause my buddy was in there. He was telling me about this dance floor he sent me like a screenshot video. And I was like, this is wild. Like, and if you guys have heard me talk like you are now, you know, I'm kind of like not a troll, but I like to, like, I like to get with the fun. Like I like to, I like to push people and like, I like to make that, I love that energy. So I had to get in and see it myself and. This, they actually responded i still have the message i could probably pull it up and read it but um i just got like a little private link set and it was it was just it made me so happy when it happened and i jumped in
0: <laughs> that's a very cool story very heartwarming i feel like it, it sums the team up very well right they're they're willing to just kind of support people and help people and it's a very kind environment so i'm not surprised that it played out that way
1: yeah i'm not at all either after after getting to know him a lot more, um, just by being, being in there. And it, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was very thankful for that moment. I remember it, that was a peak, like I, I talk about peak moments a lot in my day-to-day life as an experienced designer. That was a high peak moment for me of this project still, still is. It still fuels a lot of it. So.
0: And so you get in, you're seeing the dance floor. It's crazy. You really enjoy the project. Did you ever end up eventually getting on the wait, Waitlist. list?
1: I did yeah um and i i don't really i don't remember the exact means to which it happened but you guys have seen two evolutions of it um i quickly jump in and animate things because i used to be an animator professionally for you know five or six years doing like commercials and uh character design character animation that kind of stuff um and i i typically just jump in and make like funny gifts because I, I i love fueling the, the the fun energy you know and uh When I came in there, I I just quickly discovered this like lore and weird niche fascination like some users had with pickles at the time. Uh, Shout out to Scrappy. Um, And uh, also the dance floor. I hadn't, it it just gave me such a good tool to make like that kind of like gift, like to provide some kind of unique energy to people. And I always love that. Like I call it Elmo Fire Lord. I don't remember the exact thing, but you guys know the one I'm talking about. So I remade that as like a, a, a just like a my own thingdoms character and i think that got the attention of one or the two uh somebody one of those two and i ended up getting it after that but after a lot of engagement too i really was just hanging out and it, it, i noticed it happened i wasn't expecting it or anything i was always gonna try for public either way so it was just it was a really cool it was really a cool addition to just being in there really
0: yeah that is a cool addition and i have to say that that may be easily one of the most famous thingdoms gifs of of all time
1: yeah i i i am actually blown away at how um like i I hate using the word viral but the virality around it even in other communities on twitter like because i'll post it i'll like i told you i'm kind of a troll so i'll jump into other people's like discords that i'm chilling in and because it's such a good gift for a reaction gift still even though it says thingdoms on it i'll use it right and people will be like yo we've seen that or like, when I, I just, I love when that happens because I think it's so funny.
0: It is, it is. Speaking more about memes and trolling and, and contributions to communities, um, you started putting pickles over people's eyes as uh, part of that kind of cult niche story and, and culture that exists in thingdoms. Can you talk a little bit about that? What made you want to do that? And what was the process of doing it?
1: Oh, for sure, Yeah. Shoutouts outs to the dealership and Kevin, wherever you are. haven't seen him in a while. That's our old intern. He disappeared. But uh, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I love pickles. I like, no, no lie. That's not like a, you know, just some like fake, fake stuff. I'm showing you all. I actually like pickles. They're pretty tight. I make my own. Sometimes I pickle things like different vegetables. Like I like pickles. I think they got, they get a bad rap sometimes. Right. And I thought it was just, I I've never been in a, community, like community that has like these, like, just such, I guess, odd, odd, but like awesome little, like inner lore niches. And and right after I heard the commercial, I knew it was like a legit thing. Like when I first, I heard people saying it in the floor and stuff when I first got in, but then I heard the commercial over, uh, over thing FM. And I, I was like, yo, I gotta do this. Like, I just, I gotta do this. And, um, it started out, I, I don't remember who I made first, probably I made one originally just like as like a check this out kind of thing. And then it blew up because I I just figured I'd see how many people wanted one. I did not expect the response I got. I got at least 200 to 300 requests, I believe. Um, So we capped the, I capped the uh, initial like amount we're going to make. And I, I am about done with them. The reason they're, the reason I haven't finished is I'm doing a little more with them right now. And um, I would be re-delivering those original ones to the original members that got them as well. And I'm kind of checking different thing ones because a lot of the people that, you know, ordered them, they're still here, which is cool. And a lot of them have some of the same things, but some of them have different ones. And I want them to really value and like treasure this, this piece that I'm going to make for them. Cause I, I, because of the investment that we've put into the community and people have into, you know, this thing that I'm trying to do, I want to make sure I'm giving that in return. Um, so they are coming. I'm not, not not pickle-rugging you guys, don't worry.
0: I thought it was an incredibly cool idea. Like you said, these these subcultural niches that kind of exist within Thingdoms are just so fascinating. And the way that the ads kind of world-build for the brand, um, I, I agree. I think it's super, super interesting. And the fact that you were able to pick one of those kind of memes up so quickly and find a way to integrate it into a into a project or another piece of art is just incredible so thank you for that and for for what you've done for the community on that front where do you see this going because i know at some point you had different types of pickle eyes you could have are there other types of traits or things that we're going to start seeing on these pickle dyed pickles
1: yeah yeah no these are all good questions uh much in the ethos of you know luke and the under promise and over deliver i want to make sure i don't over speak or anything like that so just take anything i say here with some caveat i guess i would say like some like grain of salt right because i'm i want to make sure this is something that is like i'm trying to make this something more than what it is right now i'll say that um it's gone through a couple iterations of ideas that i've Gone through and talked to different people about um, people within the community uh, of like thingdoms holders, um, maybe some like NFT advisor people, that kind of stuff. Like people that I trust to understand what they think of like certain things, right? Um, so I'm I'm trying to apply some I type of uh, you. You will see new things. I'll definitely say that uh, there are uh, there are definitely I, I, there's new eyes. There are new traits. Um, I'm actually there, I've applied some mechanics to the way that I create them. There is a code base that is associated with the generation of them. Now it's not as manual as I was doing it previously. And I'm trying to, uh, uh, there will be some, I, I don't, I don't know if rarity is the right term, but there will be like a, some type of index that shows different variations and characteristics that some may find more desirable than others. Um, not that any would be undesirable, but some may be a little cooler maybe uh, is a word I would use. And I'd like to make it even more than that, but I'm going to keep it there for now because I need to talk to people about things and I want to make sure that I'm not overstepping or doing anything I uh, that could come off as you know cannibalistic to the project or anything like that. I really want to make this a peripheral fun thing within the community, much like the niche lore sets that we already kind of have um you know like initially the dealership to me like i i was i was making it as a way to have some communal area in which other thingdoms holders could discover the content and things that are created within kingdoms that aren't actually part of the brand thingdoms necessarily or from the founders right like like these peripheral things that people make like like a like a newsstand almost as you call it. like a like a dealership right Dealing information and content that other people are creating. So I still plan to use it as that type of platform, but I would like to extend it by having these kind of honorary, maybe membership cards or, you know, NFTs that are associated with what it is so that, um, so the people who who were there early and have interacted with the, you know, the work that I've been doing and the, the narrative I've been trying to spend are, are, do have some type of reward that they is tactile in some manner. And they they feel like they, they got their investment out of it. Right.
0: That's quite a bit of alpha right there.
1: Yeah, we'll leave it there. Then. I, I won't say much more because I, I definitely want to. I want to approach this responsibly and um, with grace and gratitude to the you know the community that houses me right now, which has been really cool.
0: Well, that sounds incredible. Um, you can mark me down as excited to see how this plays out. Building off of that idea that you were talking about of having this communal place for everyone to kind of come and find the content and and inner projects and stuff that are, are related to kingdoms but not directly owned by kingdoms. if that makes sense um is that how you see these communities continuing to evolve over the next couple of years into kind of their own ecosystems that are self-reliant
1: yeah i mean i think it's such an interesting space because like the on the, the you know then there's not like regulation in that like what's stopping you from making something right like or who's to say that you shouldn't be able to, or who's to say that you don't have the, you know, skill set required, right? Like it's, you see this happening every day. It changes so rapidly here, right? Like for example, I'm actually mentioning, uh, I think I'm, I'm minting a project later tonight that is a doodle holders, like first project, right. And I know they were like very well supported by their community. Right. So you see, I know this other one, I jumped in one of their platform bases was like the, the utility that they were saying the roadmap was they plan on making a platform in which they they can launch other types of inner projects from like you know artists or people within the community that uh they they want to promote and do that kind of way so i, I see not not so, i don't i see like i i see that becoming a trend that happens more and more right and i do see probably opportunities and being very selective about who you work with still but i do see opportunities in being able to like support others and grow that way um in a in a way that keeps people like along, right? You see that with like whitelists now too. It's like, you know, you hold this, you hold this NFT, you get these whitelists, right? Just by holding it. And that, that gives people value back and a reason to hold other than flipping. It's a great market to flip stuff and make money if that's what you're trying to do, right? Not, not I'm not saying like this current time, right, specifically, but in general, right? Like you like you could do that. Like you can, you can turn a little into a lot pretty quick by doing that. So there is always that kind of, you know, um, you know, question you ask yourself, right? Like, like, what am I getting back from this other than, you know, the value that you you can see in like a, from a monetary or e standpoint, or however you look at your currency, right? Like for me, a lot of it's energy. And I, I see like that being both ways. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I know there's a circuitous way of answering that question, but I, I, what, the way I always go back to it is I remember reading the white paper early and even talking with like Luke in the server a little bit about the, these, the intent and the word thingdoms being plural. And I, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth because I don't remember exactly what it said, like verbatim, but to me that that always meant that there may be some kind of inner, you know, uh, community within thingdoms, or there may be multiple, or there may be some way for content creation to happen. Um, just, you know, by it, it yeah, be, be just an environment in which it's able to to happen and things are be able to be created in some manner.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're on point with all of that. Um, I think when you talk about the value side, right, there is the financial value. Um, But what you're really getting at is that these communities of early adopters that are going to support you and give energy back to the stuff that that you're working on um, are also valuable, like that network of people, that community um, is valuable as long as it's a supportive and authentic and genuine community. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, I actually, it's it's really fortunate we're talking about this right now. Luke actually just tweeted something earlier today, I think, basically saying the same thing. Like, you see this with big brands all the time, right? We're, you're always trying to get naps, which is new accounts booked or something, right? Like, we're always trying to book new people because that helps turn the wheel, right? Like, that's how you grow. That's, that's growth marketing. That's engagement marketing. That makes sense, right? But like, how do you honor the return of people who were with you from the inception without marginalizing the new people and feeling like they're not getting the same value by adopting, right? There's always this ebb and flow of how do i treat people who are with me and how do i invite new people in and i think that's i think that's pretty self-evident by certain communities um and the way that they engage with the members that are already in they're like <laughs> like i'm i'm in i'm in a bunch of servers right but like i'm not actually in them i'm just in them i'm not hanging out in them i'm not talking with them i haven't developed personal pseudonymous like relationships with people and other holders and many of them like i certainly haven't done a podcast style interview with anyone else um, in one. And I think that speaks a lot to um, where this project is heading and how they, how they honor and interact with their members.
0: I, I totally agree. I think the Thingdoms community for some reason or another, like I haven't been able to figure out why yet, but there's something about the community that makes it a little different. Like everyone is very supportive. It just feels like a very strong community. Let's, let's zoom out. 10 years, 10 years from now, where do you see this all going? What's happening? What do you think has already evolved and come to market? What are you hoping we're working on? What's your long-term vision for this?
1: Yeah, man, I don't know. I try not to go too far um, when I do like trend analysis, just because I feel like we're in a space where trends are so volatile that they actually change a lot more readily than they used to. Like, I mean, I grew up during like the, the tech boom basically i guess what you would call like you know there's industrial revolution cool right that happened then there was like dot com era and then there was like like you watched just technology go catalyst like catalytic in the way that it moved from like point a to point b it, it was nuts right and i i think we're still within that realm so like i tend to look like 2 5 occasionally 10 um I see the utility and the aspect of NFTs being something that is invaluable and will remain forever. Um, will it be in the skirt form that they're being traded? I don't think so. Uh, like, are people going to be buying just JPEGs and stuff from like projects that, you know, don't actually provide utility? Is there going to be the same type of degenerate um, degeneracy happening like on a daily basis? Uh, will there be the same amount of like people that are on the wiser and just trying to come in and like flip a buck and get rich? Right. Like, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. You can already see that was like sneaker market. Like I used to flip sneakers, right? That's becoming harder and harder unless you're botting, right? They used to be manuals and you could actually run, you know, different profiles, grab manual and like, you can make away with a little But Like, I mean, most of the people getting those are in, you know, same kind of groups we're in almost like Dow groups that you paid a membership fee for in some fiat currency in order to use some bot that you can secure your profit margins and flip that thing. Right. So like, I see that's dying right now in some ways. Um, I see the same thing happening, but I, what I do see is also like like the dot com era. To the you know the one to three percent of those companies that really bunkered down and made something out of what they didn't. They, those are the apples and the Microsofts and the you know uh, Teslas and like kind of project like that level of things you see now. And there's smaller ones too that definitely you know anchored down and made it and things. So I I, I see it being more. I see people needing to be more intentional in order to sell, right? Projects and like things. I see there like a higher level of um, uncertainty from not uncertainty, but like not immediate. Just like I'm gonna like throw in like this, right? And I I I think that um you're gonna see that more and more as some of the blue chips start to weather, or like the uh, considered blue chips start to weather. And what I mean by that is you're already seeing some of that now. Like um, a lot of that's market trending, but too, but like you see it with like, you know, like different, I'm not going to name any projects like that. Cause that would be, that's not something I want to, I want to take part in, but you, you definitely see that happening. So long way to answer your question. I think uh, NFTs are invaluable in the way that they are like the actual technology behind them. I see this being applied to real estate tickets, all kinds of things that actually need those individualized uh, markers and identifiable kind of proof assets. Right. Um, but as far as like the way trading is happening in the current trend, I think we are definitely in a boom um, in that, uh, and I think, I think uh, like holding will probably become something that's more like these are going to become more like membership passes. You see that with like, you know, the the restaurant like the ones that are out like you can get flying fish in New York. I know that was a big one. Like Gary Pumped at some point. Um, I said I wasn't going to name a project. There I go. I did, but you get what I'm saying. I think I think the utility is going to be more important, like the real utility of what an NFT provides. A a, a doxed human being.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with No Idea, you can find them on Twitter at SnipesRares and also on Twitter at the Dealership. If you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter at itsLucaWN. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to No Idea for joining us today. Your insight was incredibly valuable. And as always, I'd like to extend a huge thank you to this entire community. All of your support is greatly appreciated. If you think you know someone that should be featured on this podcast, DM me on Twitter or Discord. I'd love to hear your opinion. And be sure to tune in about an hour from now to the Lonely Husbands Club on Twitter. They're doing incredible work, and your support would really mean the world. Do good things, stay thingy, and I'll see you next week.